ان الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فيا ايها المسلمون indeed our messenger alayhi salatu wassalam he instructed us with a certain supplication a supplication consisting of at-ta'awwudh a supplication consisting of seeking refuge seeking protection seeking shelter with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from four things and he alayhi salatu wassalam he placed a great amount of emphasis on this particular supplication to such an extent that he commanded us to recite this supplication every single day not only that but he alayhi salatu wassalam commanded us to recite this supplication every single day in every single prayer at the end of our salah before we make taslim before we say salam Imam Muslim rahimahullah ta'ala in his sahih he relates from Abi Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala an that the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wassalam said idha tashahhada ahadukum falyasta'idh billahi min arba' when when one of you sits down for tashahhud the last part of the prayer when you're sitting down then let him seek protection in Allah from four things يقول اللهم اني اعوذ بك من عذاب جهنم ومن عذاب القبر ومن فتنه المحيا والممات ومن شر فتنه المسيح الدجال the person he used to say when he's at the end of his prayer in the sitting position in tashahhud he used to say oh allah i seek refuge in you i seek protection in you from the punishment of hellfire from the punishment of the grave from the trials of life and of death and from the trials of al-masih al-dajjal from the trials of the antichrist the false messiah ayyuhal muslimun this narration this particular supplication rather is something that the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam placed great emphasis upon not only did he tell us to recite it every day 
in every single prayer at the end of the prayer. Rather, Ibn Abbas in Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhuma, he said that the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam, used to teach us this dua just as he would teach us a surah from the Quran, a chapter from the Quran. That is the amount of emphasis that he would place upon this particular dua. Tawus, one of the tabi'een, one of the successors of the companions, on an occasion, his son had prayed. When his son had finished praying, Tawus asked him, did you seek protection from the four? Meaning those four things that have been mentioned in that supplication. His son said, no. Tawus then said to him, go back and pray again. Meaning go back, pray again, and make sure that before you conclude your prayer, before you make taslim, before you say assalamu alaikum, that you have sought refuge in Allah from those four things. Now the question is, why is there so much emphasis upon seeking protection in Allah from those four things? Firstly, what is a ta'awwudh? What is seeking protection? What is seeking refuge? A person seeks protection. A person seeks refuge from something that he fears. From something that is going to harm him. From something that poses as a threat to him. And so for example, if you're walking outside in the streets, you see an armed attacker, or you see a deadly creature, you seek refuge, you seek protection, you seek shelter in a house, in a building, in a car, from that attacker, from that deadly animal. And the greatest thing, the thing that causes greatest amount of harm, the thing that causes the greatest amount of danger, the thing that poses the greatest amount of threat to you, is the pain, the agony of the akhirah, the pain and the agony and the harm of the afterlife. And thus Imam Ibn Qayyim, he said, he said that sharr, evil, evil is the thing that causes you pain. Evil is the thing that causes you harm. And likewise, evil is that thing that leads to the harm. Evil is that thing that is a gateway, a doorway to the harm, to the thing that will cause you pain. Therefore, evil, it consists of two things. The actual thing that will cause you pain, the actual thing that will cause you harm, or it is the thing that will lead you to the pain. It is the doorway that will lead you to the harm. And we find that the Messenger of Allah والسلام, in this supplication, he has gathered together the thing that will cause the most amount of pain, and he's also gathered within this supplication. A seeking of protection from the thing that will lead you to that great pain. Because the thing that will cause you the greatest amount of pain is what? Pain in the afterlife. Adab al qabr and Adab fi Jahannam. Pain and torture in your grave. And pain and torture in hellfire. And the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam, 
made categoric mentioning of these two forms of pain, these two forms of torture. And likewise, the sabab, the means, the cause, the doorway that leads to hellfire, leads to the punishment of the grave, has also been mentioned in this supplication. For indeed the Messenger والسلام, he told us to seek refuge in Allah from fitna, from trials. Trials are those things that lead to punishment in the grave and punishment in the hereafter. The trials of life, meaning those things that distract you from Allah, and the trials of the grave, which is two things. The trial when you're dying, and the devil still wants you to leave your deen. And the trial when you're actually inside of your grave and the angels, they come and ask you your questions. Those three questions that everybody knows about. And likewise, the trial of Al-Masih al-Dajjal, the trial of the Antichrist. But trials, as a total, they can be split into two. Those trials that are major trials, and those trials that are minor trials. And again we find that your Nabi Al-Kareem alayhi salatu wasalam, because he wanted good for you, he gathered major trials and minor trials into this supplication. The minor trials are those trials that a person can make toba from. There is hope that a person can change himself after he has been put to test by that trial, meaning the trials of life, fitnat al-mahya, the trials of life, they are considered minor trials. The trials of shahawat and the trials of shubuhat, the trials of desires and the trials of misgivings about your religion. Sins, they are trials. Major sins, they are trials of life. Shubuhat, Misconceptions about your deen, misgivings about your deen. They are trials of life. Bid'ah, trials of life. They are considered minor trials, however. Why? Because when a person is put to trial with shubuhat or shahawat, then he may change. However, the trial of death and the trial of al-Masih al-Dajjal, that trial, if it is the case, that you end up giving in to that trial, if it is the case that you end up failing at that test, then you turning after that, then you being forgiven after that, then you changing after that, essentially changing after that, that is literally no chance. Because if it is the case that you fail at the trial of your death, when the devil comes to you and he wants you to renounce your religion, if you fail at that point and then the soul leaves your body, You've had it. If it is the case that the angels, when they come to you in your grave, and they ask you to sit up, and then they say, Man Rabbuk, who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is that man that was sent to you? And if you end up saying at that point, Ha ha la adri, ha ha, I don't know. I heard people saying something, and thus I just copied them. I said what they said. If you end up failing at that test, if you end up failing at that trial, you've had it. And therefore, fitnat al-qab, fitnat al-mamat, the fitna of death, meaning the point when you're dying and when you're in your grave, that fitna is a fitnatun kubra. It is the greatest fitna 
because after failing that fitna, you can't change anymore. Likewise, the fitna of Al-Masih al-Dajjal, likewise the fitna of the Antichrist. If it is the case that the Antichrist comes and you end up surrendering to him, if you end up obeying him, if you end up following him, then the chance of you going back to the straight path has now become very, very unlikely. Ayyuhal Muslimun, the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam, he commanded us to say at the end of our prayer, before we make taslim, before we say assalamu alaykum, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika, min adhabi jahannam, wa min adhabi al-qabr, wa min fitnatil mahya wal mamat, wa min sharri fitnatil masihi al-dajjal. Oh Allah, I seek your protection, I seek refuge and shelter with you from the adhab of Jahannam, from the adhab of Al-Qabr, from the trials of life and of death, and from the trial of Al-Masih al-Dajjal. He instructs us to seek refuge from the adhab of Jahannam, from the torment of the hellfire. That hellfire about which Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has said in His book, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِآيَاتِنَا سَوْفَ نُسْلِيهِمْ نَارًا كُلَّمَا نَابِجَتْ جُلُودُهُمْ he says about the people that are in the fire of hell that they are going to burn in the fire of hell. What happens when you burn? The skin, it burns off. When the skin burns off and the veins, they start to burn. What happens after that? What happens when you get those degrees of burns to that degree? You lose sensation, you lose feeling. Yet Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has said, بَدَّلْنَاهُمْ We have exchanged them with a new set of skins. Whenever their skins are burnt, we exchange those skins. We replace those skins with a new set of skin. Why? لِيَذُوقُ الْعَذَابِ So that they can taste the punishment. That's hellfire. About which Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has said in His book, يَوْمَ نَقُولُ لِجَهَنَّمْ on that day Allah shall say to the fire of hell have you become full and it shall say is there any more hellfire shall continue to say is there any more is there any more is there any more up until Allah he places his foot upon the fire of hell and then the fire of hell shall say enough enough that type of punishment ya ibadallah what type of punishment what type of pain exists that is greater than that pain and therefore how appropriate and how befitting it is for us to be for us to be supplicating every single day in every single prayer asking allah to protect us from adab of Al-Nar from the Adab of Jahannam. Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, He instructs us in that supplication to seek protection from Adab Al-Qabr, from the punishment of the grave. Some of us, we are very, very strong, physically very strong, physically able to withstand pain. None of us, however, will be able to withstand the pain and the torture and the loneliness in the grave. And therefore how important it, uh, it is for us to be seeking protection with Allah from the adab of, from the, adab of the grave.
set an assignment for yourself. Just to bring to reality the matter of this grave. Set an assignment for yourself. That either today or sometime this week, if Allah gives you a life, that you visit the graveyard. And when you visit that graveyard and you go into that graveyard and you stand in front of those graves, then say to yourself that soon I shall be in there. Soon this will be my home. Just like right now, I am six feet above the ground. Very soon shall I be six feet under the ground. And when you realize that, Ya Abdullah, then that will be a cause, that will be a means, that will aid you and assist you in realizing the reality of the grave and thus realizing how important it is to seek refuge from the adab of the grave. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wa salamu ala Rasulihil Kareem. Nabiina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Amma ba'd, faya ayuhal muslimoon. Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he, he instructs us to make this dua at the end of our prayer, to seek refuge in Allah from these four things. But one question to ask ourselves is that if it is the case that we are already failing in the minor trials of life, then how are we going to protect ourselves from the major trials of life? What were the major trials? The major trials, the fitna of death and the fitna of Ad-Dajjal, the Antichrist. What were the minor trials? The trials of this life. Wealth, jobs, careers, education, family, all of those things that distract you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're failing with the trials of life how are you going to be able to defend yourself against the major trials the trial of the of death the trial of the grave the trial of the antichrist if he comes in your time how are you going to be able to do it there is no point a person having wishful thinking thinking that when death comes to me i'll be able to sort myself out i'll be able to say the shahada if a Dajjal comes in my time, in my life, I'll be able to sort myself out. No. If you're messing up with the, with the fitna of Al-Mahya, if you're messing up with the fitna, the trials of life, they're minor trials at the end of the day. You're not going to be able to defend yourself when the big trial of a Dajjal comes. A Dajjal, he will have what written upon his head? Kafara. Disbelief written upon his head. Who's going to be able to read it? The one who studied phonics very well and so he can read letters very well? No. The one who was able to read and the one who was unable to read, both of them will be able to read the disbelief that is written upon the head of a Dajjal providing the case that that person was a believer. If it is the case that right now you're unable to handle the fitna of a shubuhat, the fitna of doubts and misgivings of your deen. If it's the case that right now you give in to the fitna of Ahlul Bid'ah, of the people of Bid'ah, of the people of innovation, what's going to happen to you when a Dajjal comes? If right now 
You're one of those people that are addicted to the sheikhs of YouTube. That any video that pop video that pops up on YouTube of a certain preacher, you don't look into who this preacher is. You don't look into is he a person of Sunnah? Is he a person of Bidah? Is he a person of knowledge or not? You just click and you watch. Can we move forward? And if there's a chair for the brother, can we have sort a chair out for the brother, please? <clears throat> if it is the case that right now your knowledge is nothing other than YouTube, any person that comes on YouTube, you give in. You can't deal with the people that are imposters of the religion right now. So right now you find someone. He speaks nicely. His speech is nice and fluent. His speech is nice and eloquent. You are attracted to the way he speaks. Yet he says that Ya'juj wal Ma'juj, they don't exist. Gog and Magog, they don't exist. Because he speaks so nicely, you take what he says and he dupes you hook, line and sinker. How are you going to be able to deal with the fitna of Al-Masih al-Dajjal when you can't even deal with the fitna of this innovator? If it's the case that somebody comes today and says we can change some of the ahkam of the Quran, the tafsir that the Salaf made, the explanation, the interpretation that the early scholars of Islam gave to the Quran, we can change that, we can revise that. If it's the case that you're giving into that fitna right now, how are you going to be able to deal with the greater fitna, the fitna of Al-Masih al-Dajjal? If it's the case that the fitna of Al-Mahya, the fitna of life, the fitna of shahawat, the fitna of desires. You can't handle that fitna right now. How are you going to be able to deal with the major fitna of death? Because when you're dying, it isn't your memorization of la ilaha illallah that's going to kick in. When you're dying, just because you'd memorized la ilaha illallah, that's not going to help you. You have to have lived in accordance with La ilaha illallah. Acted upon what La ilaha illallah necessitated. And that's why you find so many people, when they are dying, what happens? Their family members say to them, Say La ilaha illallah. What do those people start doing? They start to sing songs. Why? Because he was engrossed in music away from the remembrance of Allah while he was living. They start to say, no, you need to give the accounts to so-and-so. I have this much money in my accounts. I have this much money in my bank. People, when they're dying, they start to remember their work. They start to remember their money. Why? Because money was the thing that they gave the greatest amount, amount of importance to while they were alive. You have to deal with the fitna of life in order to be able to deal with the fitna of death while you're dying because the devil is not going to give up up give up upon you up until your soul leaves your up until your soul it leaves its body when you're dying you're going to go back to your original nature just like the parrot teach the parrot to say la ilaha illallah but then go behind the parrot the parrot will be saying la ilaha illallah but if you go behind that parrot and grab that parrot from behind, what's it going to do? It's going gonna, it's gonna to go back to its original nature. It will squawk going back to its original nature. Likewise, you and me, if I live my life upon 
sin and disobedience when I'm dying I'll end up uttering that which that sin and disobedience necessitates but if you live ya Abdullah may Allah bless you if you live a life upon righteousness if you live a life upon knowledge acting upon knowledge calling to knowledge sincerely for the sake of your Rabb and you'll notice that when you're dying Allah the Most High he'll make easy for you to utter your to utter your Shahada we ask Allah the Most High that he makes it easy upon us and our believing family members to utter the Shahada once we leave this life innahu waliyu dhalika walqadiru alayh wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen